And welcome to Sex Shame in Urban India. This is our first live show, and we are a radio show that focuses on youth sexual cultures in India. We have released podcasts that have roped in different strands of urban sexuality. We talk about it in a sex-positive, educational, and quirky way. Our podcasts so far have featured conversations around intimacy and what that means, about an underground sexual culture, and where that youth, where youth are having sex but not uh, making institutions. Uh, like sexual health uh, clinics or not, not making use of them, going for checkups or guidance. And uh, we have talked about a lack of sex-positive education in educational institutions and tackled how we could talk to young people about sex and not drown them in details about reproductive organs, hormones, and other dull details that young people don't want to talk about. We have also talked about queer politics and how they are so deeply and delightfully entrenched in Indian sexual culture. Our latest episode was about Indian fetishes for whiteness and white bodies, a conversation that discussed historically and contemporarily colonized desires and fantasies, whitewashed beauty aesthetics, and aspirations of a people. For our first live show, we have two guests and, uh, and in the studio who will introduce themselves to you in three, two, one, wham. Hi, I'm Srishti and I was here last week for one of the podcasts, but I'm so happy to be back again. This is so much fun. Yeah, and I'm, I study here at SOAS, but I am from Delhi originally. Hi, I'm Sugandha and I'm um, doing my master's in human rights law. I love to be on this show. Thank you so much for calling me. Uh, the pleasure is mine. Um, that was Shrishti and Sugandha introducing themselves. They're both students at SOAS and uh, you, you're both studying law or something that has to do with law. Isn't that right? Yes. It's full law. It's full law. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so the sexy menu for today's live show is us talking about one, the sex talks we have had, two, why these sex talks matter, and lastly, three, Narratives about Indian sexual culture in India and abroad. And our sexy menu for discussion will be dotted by fun songs that can be boogied to and problematized at the same time. And we will also base our conversation around some real-life testimonies that we have received from young Indian residents. Uh, so for the first uh, uh, topic for discussion, the sex talks we have had before. I say anything about that or we discuss anything about that, I'm going to play a short clip um, that, that we could uh, have fun around with later. Just, just, yeah. My story starts when my parents got divorced and I think I was about eight years old at the time. And uh, once they got divorced, my mom sent me to live with her parents in Bangalore. And my grandparents were quite conservative and they were Malayali. So it sort of had a funny and curious effect on how I was raised around um, girls of the same age. Because um, being in a conservative Malu family meant that girls are part of another world which you could never access and because you could never access that world you'd come up with stories and delusions of your own in your own head 
because you were you spent most of your time just with other guys wondering what the other people were talking about when i moved in with my grandparents they sent me to kendriya vidyalaya a central government school where <coughs> it was co-ed it was co-ed and we but funnily enough we never spoke to the girls the girls and the boys were always separated in class and um, never asked to speak to each other and it was it was quite odd when i look back to it but back then it was just how it how we were raised you know and um, because it was that way there were lots of funny stories and myths that we came up about the opposite sex the most amusing one is about chromosomes so apparently if you run walk past a girl or touched another girl with your arm or brushed up against her you would exchange some sort of chromosome and that would make you i don't know happier or better off or i don't know some something weird the better myths came up when we were talking about sex and this is in class 4 or 5 the biggest myth that went around there were always questions so what exactly is sex is it just two women lying in a bed a man and a woman lying in a bed next to each other naked is that enough for you to create a baby how are babies made we, we had no answers to any of that by the time i reached the 7th grade i had just about discovered porn and by porn i mean just this horrible website known as pink world which is I think every Indian boy's gateway into the world of porn and um th- that website I'd switch it on I'd feel guilty for looking at it then I'd switch it back off again one day I was just sitting down and had no idea what was going on with my penis so I decided to start stroking it and it just felt good and one day I just got a little over excited and that that's when it happened I really figured out everything for myself and I really do wish there was someone there to tell me what the hell was going on and what, what what the hell was happening to my body because I had no idea that any of this was normal. I thought I was a freak for feeling this way and I couldn't talk to anyone. I couldn't talk to my parents about it because I was ashamed. I couldn't talk to my grandparents about it because I was ashamed. And uh, yeah, it just led to a lot of delusions in my head. All right now that was a testimony from uh, somebody in Bangalore uh, born to uh, a conservative Christian family negotiating sexual practices within that sphere of an urban Indian city that allows and uh, pulls you back at the same time and uh, d- dealing with personal values come family Christian values and but, but in, in in any way um, does this experience sound relatable to you definitely very relatable because um i remember i first learned about sex i mean whatever that means uh, uh I, when i was 9 i clearly remember this because 
um you know th- there were always these few channels on tv that you weren't allowed to watch or you know some in the infamous fashion tv and stuff and i was so intrigued by it and i'm like what the hell is on that i mean why am i not allowed to watch this and i'm like i'm 9 okay i'm uh, like i'm 9 I'm, i'm really really old so i should be allowed to watch whatever the fuck i want and uh and then i went online and i did some search and i as intrigued as i was i was also quite mortified when i actually uh saw some visuals and i was like mm, this mm, this not this not nice at all what the fuck uh, and then like i didn't know how to channel this and i just kept feeling so guilty that i'd done this like i'd googled something like you know sex or you know sexy whatever and then i told my mother about it like one night like my parents were having dinner and then i'm just like i'm trying to go to sleep but i just can't and i wake up and i'm like mom i did this blah 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 and sh- and oh my god that has to be like one of the top 5 like most embarrassing moments of my life because the look that my mother like my father wouldn't even look at me and then my mother was just like she didn't talk for 5 minutes and then she literally like she sort of burst and she shouted and she's like yes yes this is what happens and she sort of like in like two sentences she's like yes this is what happens this is how babies are made when you when you put this inside that and then this happens and then and i'm just like oh oh okay that doesn't sound pleasant at all and i swear i was mortified for like the next 5 6 years of my life and it still haunts me a little bit and like as sexual as i am now it's i mean it did not start at a good place at all so i really wish we had better ways of talking about these things and it i mean what's wor- the worst thing about this is the the shame that comes with all of this where you're made to feel bad about you know being curious about something where it's all that's there in the media i mean it's how i came to fucking be so like why can i not know about it so um yeah okay I have two major shocks of my life which I would love to share. One is a myth around condom because I remember I was in 9th standard uh 9th or 8th and there was this person who who just claimed that uh he saw what condom is and he was discussing it and he was caught uh by a teacher and then uh the teacher was like what did you see and he said I saw something which was like a powder yeah. and it was a condom <laughs> and To be honest, I took that <laughs> uh thing. I mean, I I thought this is the fact and condom is some sort of powder maybe related it to cocaine or something. I don't know. Uh it was much later that I realized what condom is because even in TV shows, uh obviously it's a packet so you can't see what is inside that, right? Uh and the second second biggest shock of my life, I think it would like it would make everyone uh awkward. shamed maybe was finding out that your parents have sex <laughs> it's it's just so weird how did you find out um did you did you have did you have that talk with your parents and no. how 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 did you find out what what heard it. if if <laughs> you heard did you heard what yeah they having sex that's that's the weirdest thing that's beautiful what I about shouldn't have. what about, <laughs> what about you shishi did you have that talk with your parents where they tell you about um No, that that little two minute shout was the only talk I had with my parents. Never again. No, obviously. No. I mean, I I do now, but it's not so much of a sex talk as my mother telling me, um, please don't have sex outside outside of marriage, and please have sex only with one man. Yeah. So yeah. My mum, my mum did talk about virginity and all these things, but it was only when I was eighteen. Um so I mean I did find out all these things later on and I had the talk with my parents but 
mum not parents mum mm. but uh, yeah but being 14 or 13 and finding out that your parents are having sex in the next room <laughs> is <laughs> awkward it's very awkward so so this basic uh, bruhaha around sex that you felt was uh, present you know when talking about this issue with your family did you feel it was uh, in spheres outside of family and maybe home like this uh, bruhaha about sex or sex and uh, and everything yeah um i remember there was this girl in my class and she'd be like oh you talk to guys and and it was very I don't know how to say but so I was into sports and I would have these like mixed team and I would go swimming and I was very much into uh, all these extracurricular activities where would where we would engage with men uh, and um, so it was I mean I I didn't know what couples do sometimes and had some idea but this girl should be like no I'm pious and I'm pure I don't know anything about sex and oh my god how can you even think about it how can you guys even talk about it and i remember you know these mini groups talking about uh, menstruation mini groups talking about uh, kissing uh, and and you know how babies are made uh, that talk and this girl coming in and she she kind of shouts at us and she's like you guys are so unpure and also like she was a brahmin so she was like um that is why you're not a brahmin <laughs> explain that for our, for our listeners you want to ex- you can't contextualize what that means what does yes. it mean to be brahmin so um you know there there are four major sex uh, with sects sections uh, between um in, in the indian society uh, especially followed by the hindus uh, which is so the uppermost is brahmins <laughs> where Uh, who are basically the, the the most educated knowledgeable class and then the next ones are kshatriyas or warriors uh, who are again are the upper upper caste uh, and also upper class uh, and then comes the business class and then comes the lower class or caste i'm i'm exchanging these words because often uh, because of their employment the caste and class thing uh, they do earn less and that is why uh, i interchange the words so that's the thing um so i'm t- just okay i i'm a brahmin too but i mean it's not that i, yeah. I like identified with it in any way but i mean i get where all of that comes from because um this isn't so much about the sex part of it but just since you mentioned it it, it popped up in my head that you know when when i was a kid and growing up the fact that i'm a brahmin was impressed upon me a lot and it still is but not so much because now i have enough um you know tools and knowledge to sort of question that and you know sort of debate with my parents about it but yeah growing up i was like yes i'm and it's it's so problematic now that i think about it but um that uh, aside it's this this whole i idea of like you know growing up and not being comfortable talking about these things um it was definitely there in in school so i went to um a convent and it was an all girls school so that those these these single sex school you know schools are really interesting spaces because um i so growing up i had absolutely no interaction with the opposite sex and then like to give some more context after i finished school i went to an all girls college as well <laughs> so um that was fun uh, it was it was a fun little experiment in uh, getting all sorts of um like uh these 
uh, stereotypes of oh are you a lesbian oh are you a like oh, yeah i mean oh, oh my god have you not talked talk to boys ever i'm like no i haven't but i don't feel like i'm missing out but okay uh, now that you've said it i feel like i'm missing out like <laughs> yeah, yeah. what's so great about them but anyway yeah so growing up in school it's it's really interesting so my best friend now she is uh, so she was in the coed school for most part of her life and she joined like our school only in 11th so she was in the single sex school only for 2 years and then we discussed this so much because she's interacted with a lot of people she's been out with a lot of people um before she came uh, to delhi to this school uh, but yeah she was telling me this one day and she's like you know i realize i've noticed with you people and all of you people that i've met in this school you're all incredibly free and you're you're uninhibited in the things that you talk about because you know um a, a, this sex i'm obviously it's incredibly heteronormative the discourse on sex that we have so you know if it so it's within school it was never an issue because it was assumed oh it's all girls so you know there can't be anything going on so it was never like even addressed and then again i mean it was a convent so obviously evangelical and everything so um so it was never addressed but yeah my friend was telling me that you people People are so free. Like you have no issues talking about, you know, um, oh, I'm on my period. I need, uh, I need a napkin, or oh, you know, this got soiled, or like, oh, this happened, or I have a crush on someone. This that. So I think in co-ed schools, there's also like there's a f- um, there's a physical aspect to it in terms of spaces of you know like the women's bathroom or the yeah. um, you know things like that. But then in our school, it was I mean the whole school is a women's bathroom, so there's no restrictions in that right. sense. So I think that really that in that shaped my interactions that i've had with men like now after i you know f- graduated and the, like school and then college after that back home and uh, it's I, i mean okay this is something i get even at all interviews is that i'm just too bloody honest like mm. i like i'm like to the extent of it being stupid you know i should not be this honest but it's just um one sex being so heteronormative mm. makes everyone a lot more conscious of what they're saying mm. and since i never had that i've just i'm just in so even when i'm talking to you know people i may be interested in it's just so honest it's almost scary yeah, so yeah. <laughs> no but but i i like that and uh, my question is have you have you both operated in um, multiple indian cities mostly it's the urban spaces that you all have uh, been mm-hmm. been a part of right it, you, yeah. do you want to talk about how these urban spaces might celebrate sexual culture do they i guess they do uh, and you can see the stark difference when you move from um, a second tier city to a city which is metropolitan and uh, i remember me moving out of kanpur uh, to uh, delhi and suddenly it was such a change and uh, so i stayed in noida in the periphery of delhi in south delhi in north delhi uh, i also stayed in gurgaon i stayed in um, uh no other uh, other places anyway so i could see the the stark differences uh where when you go to uh the malls or these places where you it's kind of given for the couples everyone knows that people go there to um, make out a hook up this is kind of designated areas uh, and everyone is okay with it because otherwise uh, we see uh, that people do have problems if you found uh, as a couple anywhere in a second tier city but it's good in a sense that 
you have these spaces where you can go and make out or do anything. However, they're very restricted in the sense that you can't derogate from those places. So it's just those spaces where you can make out, but you can't do it somewhere else. So you have to find out where these hotspots are. That's a very interesting point. Pockets of urban desire where you can negotiate romance and relationships without uh, without the fear of being reprimanded, scolded, um, disturbed by you know walking cops and you know other very right wing Hindutva <laughs> groups. Um, but my question is, even even in these spaces, what is the nature of romance? Do you find do you find same sex couples? Do you or is it mostly a heteronormative uh, couple performance? What what kind of ro- ideals of romance are performed in these spaces? Okay, because I'm speaking about public spaces right now, it is mostly, mostly, majorly uh, just the two different sexes coming together. It's never the same sex, ever. But it was very recent when I found out uh, a friend who was visiting India who's, who opened his grinder and showed it to me. And he said, look, there are so many people out there. And I really didn't feel that it would be uh, that much. I mean, I never expected uh, a a gay dating app to be so active uh, and people being so active, putting up their pictures in India. Uh, It was kind of good to see that uh, because I haven't used Grindr myself. So I saw it and uh, because I consider these online dating uh, apps an open public space as well. So it said these are the places where you see same-sex uh, relationships and romance happening. What, what, what are the other kind of relationships do you see pan out in these uh, spaces, like very digital, public, uh, online um, apps for dating? What, 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 other, what, what other kind of um, performance uh, do you see? Can uh, I just say something? Yeah, go ahead. Show Bob and Virgin. <laughs> if you oh, if you know that, <laughs> you guys will know what I'm talking about. Actually, I don't. So you really have to baby talk to me right now. Dumb it down for me. There's they, they, you're talking about that video, right? Of that guy that made that video. I'm usually talking about all these Generally, Facebook messages. No, no, but yeah, there well, was a course. there was a very specific video made of some guy who you know makes some like. He's, he calls himself a musician, but I'm not sure if that is um, supposed to be satirical. But anyway, he has an account on Instagram and he makes these videos. So he made one of all of the, like, it was sort of a compilation of all of these um, these disgusting messages that women have received. And he made like a song out of it. It's really funny. I can send you the link, but <laughs> there's no better way that I can explain it. You just have to watch it. But... <laughs> It's basically it's, it's guys, quite funny. you know, just guys yeah, yeah, of who course. randomly send messages yeah, yeah, yeah. on you Facebook know to girls and just write show bo- because they have their broken English because they're not like, uh, of course, there's a class difference and yeah. they're not well educated. Uh, so they'll write show Bob, show Virgin. And it's it's it has become such a big joke nowadays. Uh, but I was coming to the point that. Facebook or sexting or uh, sharing nudes has also become a way of um, and even if it's a nudes and not nudes it's basically sharing just like sexy pictures uh, and sharing it with your partner or partners um, and that too could be I mean could qualify for an online romance maybe. On that note of um, a background discussion on very entrenched uh, queer intimacies as well as regular uh, heteronormative intimacies and negotiating intimacy with public spaces, for example, um, going to chemists to buy condoms. Um, 
it 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 can be it it can be a very um it can be a negotiation that's full of struggle and that's pe- people in india have to deal with um here i'd like to play uh, one clip that um that uh, the, of of testimonies that we've received and it's kind of pitched against this really pensive bollywood jazz number i hope you enjoy it jalte jalte raakh jaisi hui hasari So me and my boyfriend were in a relationship for a year and a half and my parents knew about it but uh, no matter how broad minded they were sex was something that they still weren't okay with they would not be okay with because they believe that that's something that happens after marriage back i was coming back home from college i was his birthday and we were supposed to spend the night together um in this place but it didn't work out so we had no options and we decided that i would sneak into his house there was a guy already sitting over there he had your piercings he looked kind of effeminate sex is something natural and it happens and people do it when i've gone to medical stores to help them blow to buy condoms right um people just stare at you like it's such a bizarre and shocking thing that for someone to do right i was waiting for the train we could see each other we kept looking at each other we kept glancing at each other but i went and sat next to him and uh, he kind of understood why i sat next to him so even though we didn't speak there was this kind of an unspoken understanding between the two of us you know and i'm 18 i'm an adult and you know you're allowed to do whatever you want it's your life so you're allowed to live it he was rubbing his leg against mine it's not directly something that's very sexual like something like um, touching the groin or crotch or whatever I was supposed to sneak out in the morning before they woke up and the next day was a Sunday so you know usually they wake up late but unfortunately uh, his mom woke up early along with the rubbing i could feel that there's this kind of this this need you know like to know someone but we didn't know how to say it so there's this real real bad tension between the both of us and i managed to sneak out successfully i wanted to talk to him but he couldn't talk to me he wanted to talk to me but he didn't talk to me still when you go out there to buy something you know they just look at you like you're like this you know it's just, it's it's a it's a forbidden thing for me to do and i'm still doing it
All right, that was the last bit was actually some um, audio bite that I picked up from an incredible India ad. You know, these ads uh, visually want to represent India and its very exotic landscapes and cultures to uh, mostly white foreign tourists and how they want to package and present the country to them. Uh, and it's, it's funny, what they don't tell you about the cultures is like the nuances of, um, you know, eroticism, but they just basically want to sell the Kama Sutra and nothing else because uh, we, we'll get back to about, you know, narratives about um, uh, sexual cultures in India by the Indian media but for now the question is um, what was the kind of sex talk or holistic sex education you wish you had had I really wish somebody told me that vagina and penis are two different things and penis goes inside vagina, vagina <laughs> because at first I was like Vagina is so small, like the hole is so small, a penis can't go inside. And I was confused, like, till the age of 17, literally, because I really didn't understand how it works. Also, if somebody um, told me that it's, uh, you know, what safe sex is and what consent is, I'm, I'm really happy that SOAS has a consent workshop because we never had it. And I think that has also, I mean, I've, I cannot share experiences of my friends, though I can share my experiences, but uh, I know that a lot of people have gone through this non-consensual sex and they still can't figure out if it's rape or not. Uh, so I think these two things uh, were very, very important. I never got it. But I would love uh, other Indians and the upcoming generation to have this at an early age. Do you also feel that the idea of sex education and, and the notion of what sex means is very heteronormative, that it most usually includes a vagina and a penis, and it includes ideas of penetration, whereas people argue that sex could mean anything. It could mean any form of intimacy. It does not have to represent um, a, a penetrative intercourse or a heteronormative penis-vagina kind of equation that you know queer sex exists, same-sex intimacies exist. Um, and I feel that... Uh, the, the kind of modules of sex education that have existed in our schools and the kind of notions of sex we see ev everywhere around us um, through mainstream um, movie industries, Hollywood and Bollywood have really like driven home the idea that this is the only way to love. Shishi, what have your experiences been? Um, one, you, uh, you, you just said love. So it's... Um, it's, I don't know, I find it quite funny now and interesting that um, a lot of people still equate sex and love uh, when they are, um, they are quite different. I mean, they can coalesce, but they're different things, essentially. But, I mean, at least for me, I'm saying it could be very different for a lot of people because sex is something that's so, like, personal and subjective. And again, I mean, and that's what brings in this idea of, like, how love slash sex is portrayed in media so obviously one I had no sex education modules I don't know what you're talking about but um, yeah my my only module was that little like two minute lecture from my mother about like using the internet correctly and um, yeah so <laughs> um, but um, I really wish you know I'd been told one to begin with what the what in the world sex is and if and um and also what all it could be like not just um oh this goes in this and that's how you make babies so, i mean it's one you we need to move away from this 
uh, I mean, I mean, a lot of us have, but that's it's it's quite generational because for parents, I mean, even if you know, it's I mean, that's I'm I'm sure that up a lot of parents are having sex for pleasure, but the thing that's we are always told that it is essentially for, uh, I mean, for the population or whatever. So. Um, I wish we were I mean I I mean it can still be done but you know people tell people about all that sex can be and also all that sex is not and I mean that is of course basing the fact that you know what yeah exactly because you can't define sex in that sense yeah, yeah. so yeah I wish we could be told that you know it's it's a it's it's a big vast thing and it takes time to understand it and I mean and then of course like the more physical aspects of like what is safe, safe sex and like how to buy a condom because I remember my friend and I were talking about this a few weeks ago and I mean she's in India and I'm here and then she was telling me the first time I mean this is the first time in her life she's gone to buy a condom because usually she's like I mean someone else has it but like this is the first time I went to buy it and I'm like oh yeah even I went to buy it the first time but I went for the first time in my life here in London and it was totally chill no one no one batted an eyelid and it was I'm like I was feeling accomplished and then she <laughs> told me and she's like yeah I mean I was just walking and then I ran into a friend of mine and he was in the car with his mother and they were going shopping and they're like come in and then the mother asked her oh what are you going to buy and she was just like oh just some stuff for like college I don't know <laughs> and so yeah I mean it can just be really embarrassing so it's I wish we could just disp- and I think the dispelling those sort of that sort of shame and embarrassment that comes with it is um i mean it it has to start at an early age i i couldn't agree more uh, i was also wondering if you think that uh, your experiences with uh, talking about sex with peers and with partners and with family members or your teachers have um, have been gender specific instructions do, do you do you think sexual cultures are uh, are, are are different for different genders um I, i i think yes very much because um of course there's no talk at least in my experiences about same sex at all if you transgress from your gender it's it's just not an option um and because i'd been working with transgenders uh for the last two years now and i know what they have gone through when they were in school most of them who were thrown out or raped in in the school uh it it kind of has showed me a lot about what um i mean how much of transgressing is allowed which is basically nothing um and it's only i mean it's of course the construction of your gender which happens every day uh during your uh growing years and and how your parents have asked you to uh cross your legs when you're a year wearing a skirt uh, or wear tights um and i remember like a lot of people because i was uh, i was in sports uh, a lot of people asking me not to go for long jump and high jumps because uh then i wouldn't be a virgin anymore <laughs> uh, and yeah even swimming i mean i loved swimming to be honest i still love it and people had so much problems one because it was swimming suit so i can't show off my body uh it was all um, also like a mixed uh, swimming pool so there were boys of my class and me and even my principal uh and then of course swimming too much of swimming would again uh, break my hymen and i'll not be a virgin anymore so of course i have to preserve That my myth. flower of course uh yes 
so I think it's constructed a lot. Like your gender since your childhood is constructed so much uh, from even from like the way you have to say giggle you can't laugh uh, out loud uh, your your rooms will be of a specific color and i am thankful to my sister who never really i mean who allowed me to actually transgress do whatever and she kind of walked in a very i mean she had been asked to confirm to the gender standards but she is very carefree and she walks in a way uh, like I really what should I say I've loved the way she has carried herself uh, which is not confining to one of the uh, or like any of the genders to be honest uh, she does whatever she does and I think that has inspired me a lot um, and has helped me to to even transgress myself uh, and not think about these things. But I also acknowledge that not everyone has been lucky as I am. And there has been different experiences and narratives too. What about you? Um, uh, again, I mean, obviously, gender, it, gender is involved in the sense that um, a, a lot of sex education for girls ends up being more of like, a moral education, you know, in in quotes, rather than sex education. Because, I mean, one, you never, I mean, you know, after the physical aspects of this goes in this, again, that's going to come up a lot today, obviously. But um, it's, um, it, 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 it comes down to, oh, but you're a girl, so you need to be aware of certain things. And it's not that... Uh, oh, you, you know, you need to be lubricated enough. You need to know when to say no. You need to know it's okay to say no. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things like that. No, it's always like, oh, you're a girl. So, um, yeah, the whole family is kind of like counting on you to like stay a virgin till you can. Yeah. So, yeah. um, like, don't do that shit. Um, so it, it it just goes on to that. that And it's so, uh, and I mean, I personally never got it one because it's, it's really taboo. So we don't really talk about this shit much. But, um, I mean my uh uh but um but so even now when my mother brings up sex it's like um she's never in my life asked me oh my god have you had sex are you having sex or stuff I I think they just assume or you know maybe they just like they just don't want to address it but but you know but the thing like whenever it does come up it's always like yeah don't sleep with too many people and you know it's different for boys you know of course they're going to be like this but um you can't and this is not so much my parents themselves but you know a lot of other people that I talk to it's not just my parents so it's uh and it's really sad that 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 that's what sex education means for women and I mean because I really don't know what it means for boys but I know it's not any better this is not specifically to, to do with sex education but I remember a friend told me uh like he told me very very recently that uh, till he was probably in like fifth grade or something, he like he was led to believe that um, girls don't even poop apparently no. because we're some like magical creatures. We don't. And uh, ju- to give some more context, he was in an all boy school. So um, yeah, so th- I mean, this isn't specifically about sex, but just the idea that the other sex is something mythical, and you know, you can't possibly understand it until the day you get married and then suddenly you're having sex with them so um yeah fun stuff 
I have a question. So since you said that educational institutions and maybe your mentors and teachers from schools and uh, your parents weren't the best people to talk to you openly about such matters. So where do you think young people are deriving most of their education and knowledge about romance and relationships from? And before you answer, I'm going to play you this one clip that might help your um, might help guide your answer a little bit, but we'll discuss it. The only on-screen kiss that I've seen that's really stuck with me has got to be a, a kiss I saw in a movie called College. Every year, millions of young Americans take a trip that will change their lives forever. This is definitely better than the brochure. The College Visit. Just a silly teenage movie about these three high school kids who go to college for a weekend and they party it up. Alrighty then, I'll see you guys later. This summer for three best friends. This is insane. No man, this is college. They get back at the guys who try to bully them, the, the older college guys. This ain't high school! From the producers of Waiting. But in the end of the movie, this guy, this high school boy, he really likes this college girl, this redhead. Really pretty, tall, beautiful redhead. And um, in the end, it's it's almost time for for them to leave, for them to go back home. And she's dropping him to his car. And they end up sharing a little light moment and then they kiss. And the kiss itself was so beautiful. It was magical. It was, it started off with a small little peck. And then it kept growing and growing in intensity, in passion. And it kept growing. And at one point, the girl put her tongue in the guy's mouth. Now, this was very surprising for me in every way. Because as a young 13-year-old Indian boy, I thought that only men were responsible for thinking of all things sexual. Of initiating all things sexual. All the movies and the uh, other influences I've had always tell me that women are always guarded and and uh, they always keep their sexuality under control but the way that girl put her tongue in that guy's mouth I felt so happy I felt that this was a kiss between two completely equal people and it was so passionate and it was magical to see All right. Um, to give you a little more context, uh, the movie College is um, is it's it's a Hollywood uh, teen romance, and um, like uh, it it is usual for a lot of Hollywood rom coms and teen romances, it is full of um, young and uh, white able bodies. And um, the question was, where 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 do you think? Uh, young people in India are picking up ideas about romance and sex and relationships if conversations about them at home and at school are not encouraged very often. It's, um, I was, yeah, just before you played the clip, I was just going to burst out saying it's it's obviously movies and TV shows and all of that. And it's obviously just Western cinema uh, because you do not get to see much of it in Indian cinema. I mean, even when we were, say, talking about the show, we were, I mean, I was a little confounded when I was asked and I kept thinking and racking my brain and I'm like, 
but i do not i mean for most part i do not associate anything very sexual with indian cinema or music because i mean i like a lot of it but that's that is definitely not the mainstream so it's uh, and that's that's really problematic because it's it's not to say indians i mean urban india uh, is is not sexual but we just have no i mean we have i mean we have a lot of things now there's a lot of indie mo- independent movies that are coming up which are great but it, i mean for a really long time most of us did not have that and uh, so you know in terms of learning i mean i'll say personally it um like until a few years ago i had no idea what anything is or how anything works i was just like in some magical world you like someone they like you back and it'll just all fall into place i mean that's the that's that's what you see in movies but um no uh, <laughs> but um <laughs> but i remember i mean i think for me it was mostly just my friends who had had some experiences so they were like the be all and end all and because after my incorrect use of the internet i refrained from doing that again uh, but yeah again it was my friends and i i remember like the first, like i think i had some sort of a date ish thing coming up like you know a few years ago and this friend of mine was and you know i'd never been physically intimate with anyone in my life and i and this friend of mine was like um uh can can i can i speak in hindi no i should stick to english absolutely like, not why no okay i uh, no i mean if someone doesn't speak uh, but no i mean this friend of mine i'll just say it in hindi because it's so much more candid when that happened and she's like uh, um yaar dekh tujhe make out wake out karna aata hai na i was like nahi yaar nahi aata mujhe to matlab matlab movie dekha hai par pata nahi yaar and she to to just to paraphrase that for our um, audiences that do not speak or understand hindi um it was if this was a conversation with a female friend about um do you do you know how to make out or have, do you know anything about it you I, i hope you've at least watched films that uh, depict these scenes then you might have learned something that's it yeah um so yeah and then i said no of course i mean no i have it and she's like uh, and she was quite i mean she was distressed and she's like mm, i do not know how to help her and the only thing she could think of doing was i still remember this clearly <laughs> she sent me links to like these websites of so, yeah, there's this really really handy website called wikihow and it's <laughs> and it was it had step by step instructions on how to kiss and i remember reading it quite intently and i'm like hmm, this seems simple enough but yeah that's the thing it's it's mostly just your friends and that's really messed up because it's your friends i don't know what i mean they have negligible experience compared to you but just because they've had like that tiny bit more you and they're the only people you can feel comfortable enough to ask or you know tell and share like till this day i yeah i mean obviously i can't talk to my parents about anything so yeah okay i can i can actually list down uh, to construct the descriptions because i have many but yeah magazines uh, were like when because i never watched a lot of i mean i did not watch movies when i was young i watched a lot of discovery channel mm-hmm. and nagio with hindi translations and hindi oh. dubbing which was funny as hell uh, and they would describe uh, sex uh, of animals though but it was it's quite near to humans so it's it's here yeah, you understand the process uh and then uh, so magazines newspaper articles um tv um internet internet was very useful um because every time you have a problem you go to dogpile.com i never used google then 
uh, something called dogpile.com there was yahoo there was msn um there was awkward um yes those were the best days of my life anyway uh and then um definitely definitely talking with friends uh and that has happened even like it still continues uh till now because um i've stayed in girls hostels uh i've stayed out uh I went out of my house without my parents for the last 6 years uh, in these flats and hostels and only girls places and uh, I remember these girls like who are working women and they're talking about sex and abortions and all these things and uh, I intervening and I'm asking questions and or sometimes giving information uh, because I had more information than them that's quite sad but uh, yes so definitely talking within these uh, small groups in these girls hostels and sometimes role playing uh, which is also fun uh, and and then googling again together and sitting and watching together i did a class on sexuality where we had to watch porn and understand the trajectories and intersectionalities and write essays on that so definitely that again so porn for me and when when i say porn it's kind of like highly problematic thing because um y- you have people who just rely on porn for sex information uh which becomes the worst thing uh, and b- because it's just uh, the the kind of content which is showed the kind of people we see there the kind of situations which are very much enacted which is scripted uh i mean and we as viewers sometimes fail to understand these background work which has been done which is targeting us which is making us think in particular way which is making us understand that sex is this or and not that uh, so the usual kind of things uh, i think that this this has affected a lot of people in india because they've relied uh, on porn for getting sex information um and then movies of course yeah just since you brought this up i just want to uh, um like something pertinent it uh, this has happened to you know amongst people i know where uh, so a, a lot of uh, you know some people when they're watching porn so where we have this you know girl on girl whatever and it's really problematic but but a lot of these usually men who are okay with it they i mean they're all like yes girl on girl yes i mean you know that's that's the stuff but then when it comes to actual like you know women that they know and them having you know actual uh same sex relationships they are not okay with it mm-hmm. because it's because it's it, it's just not okay and it and this is something i've noticed i mean i i've seen happen personally and um it's i just find it so problematic and because porn i mean when you think about porn it is const- it is it is constructed for the male gaze so even when you have girl on girl or whatever it is made in a certain way and it's um I, I, yeah i won't get into the details of that but i'm sure all of us it's understand what that exactly exactly case. yeah i think it's also important to see that usually this same sex porn is white very much white and that is where this the the viewers the indian viewers distance themselves saying that yes that happens in the western cultures this is very white white women can have lesbian relationships or white men can have uh, gay sex but not our women not my friend oh my god you can't have same sex relationship you're not white come on do it in london if you're there but not <laughs> here do you do you think it's important to mainstream conversations as uh, the one we're having right now on channels that are accessible to everybody um why do you think it's important to talk about 
sex and all that it entails, not just uh, penetrative intercourse, but sex and sexual cultures. Okay, again, coming from personal experience, as someone who has um, been in a very closed environment, be it my family or my school, um, I mean, I come from a very conservative sort of Tambram family. And then I was in this convent school and then this all girls college. And it's um, it was liberating in the sense that I was free to talk about a lot of things. But then it was always uh, measured in terms of whom I could talk to about things. So and and I know that these uh, interactions or, you know, the lack of them thereof was um, really like hounded me with a bunch of insecurities for most part of my life and up until maybe like even a year or two ago I was so um, I felt so incompetent and I'm like this seems so basic I feel like I should know it but I didn't and it just affects your maybe not daily life but in a sense it's always at the back of your head because you feel a certain inadequacy incompetence and none of us need that in our lives so because it's something so basic and it's uh, it's it's really something that you need to navigate in this world especially when there's so much um, like all media is so hypersexualized but then you don't actually have the tools to grasp it to understand it and to make sense of it and what sense it makes to you personally it can really have um, an adverse impact on you so we really need yeah I think one of the biggest thing that it can curb is the teenage pregnancies. Um, I had an incident where one of my friends in school was pregnant and it was such, uh, I can Im- I can only imagine how much of a trauma would she be, uh, would she have gone through. There was another incident where someone was pregnant, three months pregnant, and the parents, of course, because of shame, um, they 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 couldn't uh, have the abortion in the city because it's illegal so they took her to a village uh, and they came back and said that she died uh, just like that so these are very serious things that we often do not think of because we don't think that teenage age pregnancies happen because we don't accept that people are having sex at an early age uh, so might as well give them information about it uh, and also i think you know, if you restrain yourself, if you repress your desires, because when you're not given sex education, we are, when you're always told not to do it, you kind of try to repress yourself for upholding your family's position or your parents' um, uh, beliefs. Uh, and then you, you, you repress it for such a long time that it if starts affecting your brain. Uh, and uh, I mean, I don't want to make comparisons, but just imagine you being on a... Uh, crash diet and you try to control yourself from eating uh, let's say chocolate and 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 for a very long time you try to control and then suddenly one one day you just go out and you say that I can't do it and you start eating in a very unhealthy way you don't know how you should control your diet or how you should you can eat in like the other ways of doing it but but you just do it in a very very unhealthy way and it ends up having more uh, bad effects on your health on your mind um, on all the things so I think These are two big points which we, all of us, should understand and acknowledge that people are having sex or at least having desires, if not sex, uh, at at a very early age. And they need to know what, what and how they should do it. Thank you, both of you. As we near the end of our panel discussion, live chat, whatever you want to call it. 
we we have had a lot of interesting issues being brought up, whether it's about uh, about, about heteronormative discourses on sex, misogynistic discourses on sex, uh, invisible but very deeply entrenched queer intimacies in Indian cities that nobody seems to take notice notice of. But that does not mean they do not exist. Thank you for that conversation. Thank you for ideas that this shame component needs to be separated from the idea of sex. That sex does not mean that it is a penetrative. Uh, uh, penetrative penis vagina equation kind of a situation and thank you for being here and taking out the time to speak to us about this and uh, before we part for the two minutes that we have left again I'd like to treat you to this uh, song that I quite like from the movie Shaitan Hawa Hawaii if you understand Hindi it's a very disruptive song if you don't I just hope you really enjoy the beat Hawaii. 